Good afternoon. Bienvenue à Patroma Therapy, mes amis. How's the sound on this? I thought you would say Patroma Therapy, uh, Italian way. Well, I was just waiting for you to correct me. No, I don't know. I don't know. I, I know it sounds Patroma Therapy because I Googled that a few days ago. And um, there is a button which you can just press and it says how uh, it's supposed to be said in any languages. And Great. it says Patroma Therapy. Yeah. Good. Voice well, text mille, speech, I guess. Mille, mille, grazie. Molto piacere. Molto <laughs> piacere. Have you found that interesting how language depends on the melody it has? Because, especially English or Italian, when I was in London, they, some people live in a Cockney, for instance, it's, I guess it's South East London. I don't, I couldn't recognize any words. They're just melodies They live there. in what? They live in a what? Cockney, it's a district. It's like South Bronx, I think, in New York. Okay, but see, okay, we'll just say it a little bit slower. Copping now? How do you, Cockney. How do you spell it? I, I think the oh, area is yeah, I think the area is called Cockney. They have very distinguished dialect, uh, which I found. Well, you know, Tony Carnes, I have not spoken with him on the phone, but um, he is one of our subscribers and he lives outside of London. He goes to the Tate Museum a lot and he is an artist himself. And he was, I was telling him, oh, he should totally come to New York. We can go to the Metropolitan. We can go to the Guggenheim. We can go all over. He goes, but I don't sound like a proper Brit. I, I sound like a whatever his little regional dialect is. I go, well, you know, I'm not inviting you to come to New York. I said, uh, anyhow, you know, we'll be staying with, with the lawyers. He goes, what lawyers? You know, he was saying that, that uh, <laughs> he was just saying that he doesn't speak uh, what everybody is fascinated by, British English. The king. Yeah, British homie. I, a British homie in the United States would be um, a movie star, like a movie star, the equivalent of a movie star. I don't know why, but British accent definitely attracts people all over the world. Does it? Yeah, it does. No, it does. It does. Well, well, you trust know, me, I could be wrong. But, uh, I'm confused by your question, does it? Like, it's not a thing, but uh, yes, it does. Well, you, Maybe I shouldn't you, be... Well, you know, as you recall, with our with our episodes, uh, everything you think is wrong. So, uh, as as we go back and you know look at some of our episodes and refer to some of our episodes, you know we're, we're all you know making progress. You know, as as we go along, and uh, you know, some people will have somebody with a British accent to answer their phone in, in the design district where they sell all kinds of rugs and furniture and all kind of high-end everything because it makes it seem more classy and more expensive but i think that's what you mean by the by the british accent well mm -hmm. we have a uh, several different subscribers from around the world uh i'm going to call him michael mack uh michael mack has made some interesting comments about uh camus and about liking hemingway and um so i wanted to say uh Molto piacere to Michael Mack. I, I think he's Italian. Uh, we also have uh, our German uh, coalition. Uh, Lydia is in Ulm. And then what, what is the name of Manuel's channel? He's the artist who does 
um, drawing sketches and also clay modeling. What, how do you pronounce his channel? Well, in Deutsch, that would sound like Istmir Boost. I'm hope, yeah. I'm hope I'm not killing it, but but, but yeah. translation would be something about uh, is my is it my desire? I think maybe I'm mistaken. I apologize a lot. Upfront, no, no, no. Only thing we want to know is like I don't speak German, so I just wanted to know how does it sound. I just wanted to hear mm. the sound of it. Okay, it would not be great if somebody could just. Uh, Join our chat uh, in the future. Um, uh, you know, talk yeah, about. Yeah, I mean that's what, and... that, that's what we're hoping to have a little bit further down the road. Uh, in some of the earlier episodes, Mark Stevens, who has his YouTube channel called Mark's Station, he joined us and talked to us about trains and his knowledge of trains. And then we were getting ready to possibly interview Tony Carnes, and then this, that, and the other happened, and we took a little bit of a break. But we have several people that are interested in in joining joining the discussion. And uh, if you look at the cover shot for our episode today, I'm going to go ahead and call it uh, episode 23. The moon is going to be episode 22. Uh, Auras and energies 21. Everything you know is wrong. Episode 20. So um, when people go back and look at episodes, if they have a number to refer to, they can find it find it more easily. But on our cover shot, that is, that's four different friends. Um, some of them are new friends. Some of them are, don't even know each other. And we do have an episode about strangers, but uh, on the cover shot, you will see to the left, a fellow wearing red sunglasses. And it, it is at night and it's in this dance bar that has a lot of musicians that come through a lot of uh, people that come come through there after parties, uh, musicians that come to play with other musicians after midnight. So on the left, you're going to see Amos. He's wearing the, the uh, red sunglasses. And then right next to him is his friend named Austin. And then the lady, the young lady to the right, her name is Julie. And the fellow that is just above Julie, I'm gonna call man friend. That is Julie's man friend. I forgot his name. Is it Chris? Is it Michael? I'm going to call him man friend. But I came into that bar and I thought, oh, I'm just going to go where the highest energy is. So when I enter a room, I, I have a strategy. I don't just like wander in. I'm going to go where the highest energy is because I'm there to have fun. So there was this great band playing and I wander in and I saw this table where Amos and Austin, another young lady named AJ, and another fellow named Clark. The four of them were there. They go, oh my God, you have to come sit with us. So I was wearing the Statue of Liberty hat, kind of a thing. Uh, it was like a headband that David had brought back from New York. I go, okay, I want to dance with you. Let's dance now. So like we were dancing, we're having fun, and then they want to do like tequila shots. And then I saw this other girl that I know, Julie, with her man friend. I know him, but I keep forgetting his name. I go, oh my gosh, you have to meet my new friends. Look, who are you? What's your name? Oh, my name is Amos, and my name is Austin. So we're all there. And uh, it was just like this magnetic attraction to these new people. But, um, you know, I, I'm pretty excited about this episode because... We did an episode about strangers, and that was also the cover shot was from um, this dive bar in East Dallas. 
Angel was in that picture, and he's with uh, another fellow from Los Angeles who was wearing my glasses. I said, you know, you're pretty amazing, but uh, if you would wear these glasses, you'd, you'd be even moss amazing. So moss means more. So when you go into a room, do you enter strategically or do you, you know, hang around on the wall, like stay near the wall and watch? Or do you, if you're going into a, a cocktail party or if you're going into a social gathering, do you enter with a strategy or you just kind of walk in and see what happens? Well, I think there's been a study out which can actually profile you subject to where you go when you enter the room. Uh, thinking about me, I would have probably uh, walk along the wall, maybe, <laughs> trying, as, uh, trying to be as uh, non-discreet as possible. Yeah, I'm not that type of a guy who, like, by the end of the day says, no, I'm not being seen by enough people. I, have no, I haven't been seen by enough people for today. Let's, so let's go to another place. No, that's not about me. Um, well, I mean, I have this you... one, one famous saying that people know when they know me, they, I go, you only have one chance to make a first impression. So I've gone into several different places. The Magnolia Hotel is over 100 years old, which, you know, by Texas standards, that's old. It's not as old as European stuff, but I went there with a, a young friend of mine and we were going up the stairs and she's going up the stairs. I go, wait a minute, Michelle, wait a minute. You can't just walk in the door. He goes, why not? We're going in there. I go, we have to stand at the top of the stairs. There's going to be a concierge. We have to bowl him over. We have to get permission to enter the library club, which has the piano bar and all the expensive swanky people. Okay, okay, okay. So we go to the top of the stairs and this fellow is standing there scrutinizing everyone. I go, hello, my good, ma my good man. And then I lean in to look at his name tag. I go, David, of course your name is David. He goes, well, how may I help you? I go, I love the library club and we are here to enjoy the music at the library club. Then he looked up and down at both of us. He goes, okay, y'all can go in. And he gave us entrance to the library club where there's the piano bar. So if you would come up there, well, you could probably get in because you said you have expensive shoes, right? Um, not right now, but yeah, I like them. I mean, everybody likes expensive, good-looking shoes. You can tell a lot about men looking at his shoes. Exactly. That's what I look at, a man's shoes. And <laughs> well, I mean... What are these naked men in, in good, expensive shoes? I mean, what would you tell about tell about that man? No, what I'm saying is when I was sometimes, you know, I've been in the classroom, like I'll talk, sometimes a couple students will hang around afterwards and just ask me questions about stuff. And then, or I'll, I'll become friends with some people, or maybe I was teaching, you know, I, I just like joke around about stuff. But, you know, I say, you know, when you're judging a man, don't look at his car, don't look at his watch, look at his shoes. And... <laughs> Look at his thighs, because that's where the stamina is. <laughs> thighs? T-H-I-G-H. Thigh. Uh, it's the upper part of his leg. I know, yeah, but I don't know if the stamina really is, you know, is at that place. I know well, I'm, I mean, if you I play really sports and you if you play sports and you run, you've got good thighs. If you play tennis or if you play racquetball or if you 
ride a bicycle or if you, you do probably anything. you you probably were going to say caboose or rear part caboose by uh, the way no, no, mark, no. mark learned me that word caboose and uh i still remember that that train part uh rear train of the part, no, I'm, rear I'm part of the train well no 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 i i don't care about a man's caboose guys okay. care about a woman's caboose so they call it junk in the trunk see what's in the trunk no. junk in the trunk. <laughs> they call it yeah but uh and then i have to keep that, that in mind i never actually thought that uh, stamina can be inside but i get the idea yeah maybe that's it well i mean you know what i mean is a person that can hold up on a date like you don't want some guy sure. look really i'm always i'm always joking with this one friend of mine david about how he has legs like chickens but you know he rides a bicycle he goes hiking he's he's a very active you know great person but i always tell him that that he, his his legs are too too thin <laughs> but you know it's just joking but you know i mean it I mean, some people, some people, they go to this dance bar and they arrive and they're like blasted drunk by 8.45 and the band doesn't even come on till 10 and then they're playing really great at midnight and then it's over by 2. So, you know, if you're going on a date at a, at a place like this, if you're just going there to meet people, you know, you don't want to be like blasted out of your mind drunk falling down on the dance floor at 845, you know, just playing the jukebox. So that's why I think that people should be able to stand up and last a couple hours. Don't you think people should be able to last a couple hours? Couple hours is the minimum. Definitely. Should. <laughs> but, you know, it's fun to go places and meet new people and yeah, see what they're all about. It's it's very interesting because there's just been all these Austin, A-U-S-T-I-N, Austin connections. Uh, that's where the big university is, University of Texas, and this uh, Amos and his buddy Austin, he, you know, Austin's name is Austin, and there's this other character who's completely hilarious. His name is, his name is Austin, and he goes with Kay, he hangs around with Kay Whitty. Actually, if, if 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 I am asked to what place I would uh, like to go most, I would say Austin. I don't know for no reason. Probably I've uh, probably heard yeah. somewhere that many people from California are moving over to Austin because uh, it's much much better. Uh, There's no state income tax. People are moving here from California, New York, Chicago, and like yeah, but not about not about the tax. The tax is not a thing. They say the people are friendly. Not unlike in New York, right? Or not like in New York. Or yeah, no, like I mean, Texas California. hospitality is famous. And also there's mm -hmm. there's rivers and there's places to go camping and there's places to go hiking and there's like political conversations exactly. and there's live music. And there's like whenever I go to Austin, like I went there when I was young. I went there when first daughter went to college. I went there when the second daughter went to college. Every time I go to Austin, Portland, Portland, Oregon is like that for me. I just suddenly feel alive. It's like, oh my gosh, there's people reading books and people laying on the grass, you know, talking and people riding bicycles. And, you mm -hmm. know, Dallas can be a bit uh, drab okay. with everybody in the car all the time. Yeah. Do you have any friends in Austin? Of course I have friends in Austin. You have friends all over the world. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I have a wonderful fellow. I actually met him in Houston. Uh, he came into the writing center. I was teaching, and then I also was doing some time in a writing center where students come in and they put their papers there, and you give them some tips about their writing. You don't edit the paper. But his name was Charles Sissom, 
and he was from Cameroon. And he was, he's such a wonderful, he calls me his godmother. Uh, uh, Charles, Charles came from Cameroon. And when he was learning computers, he said he loves American education. Because when he was learning computers, he would be in a room with like 50 other people standing. There's no computers around. And there was a person writing on the chalkboard, drawing a computer. So that's how he learned computers. And then he comes to, he came into, um, Houston, and he was get, getting his undergraduate degree uh, at Houston Community College, and he just happened to meet me, and we started talking about writing. And then he went on, oh, gosh, I helped him learn how to write and, I, and how to interview and how to network and how to, just introduced him to a lot of people I know at the university who sponsored him, and then he got this fabulous job, and he was able to bring his mother there. So, you know, he went from a very, very impoverished educational situation to just like boom, just like a dang gold mine uh, came into Houston, which was a very international city. And then he he's in Austin. And then I have, oh, I, I have like a lot of friends in Austin. I, I mean, I mean, just like so many people in Austin, like uh, some of the professors uh, and also this other woman named Jennifer, Jennifer Har Harger, who was another writer and She's in Austin. Yeah, Austin. Austin's great. I love it. She said Jennifer. I remember uh, a strange recollection about this TV show called Friends. With, I think it was um, um, like 20 years ago. Maybe yeah, 15. Jennifer it's Aniston. over now. Jennifer Einstein, she was a movie star on that. I like that show. There are so many funny episodes. Well, um, why don't you just review? Because not everybody knows who are the characters on the sh TV show Friends. Who are just review for us who the characters are? Well, I remember Chandler. Chandler being I don't know why this um, last name sounds funny enough to Monica, who was his girlfriend at the time, or I don't. Know, does Bean sounds fun to you? Like fun to you? I don't know. Not to me. Chandler Bean, and then Ross, and then Monica, his sister, and. Uh, Jennifer Aniston, I don't remember her name. Maybe it was Jennifer there. No, what was her well, name? Isn't, Fee, isn't Phoebe the blonde? Phoebe, yes. But Jennifer She's Aniston. She's the tall blonde, was... and Jennifer Aniston is uh, one of David Anton's online crushes, TV crushes. And, yeah, but what, uh, what was her name in that TV show? Well, Jennifer you're the one too? that's remembering it. That was a long time okay. ago. Well, one of our subscribers will write down below. They'll, they'll write in our comments. Well, the interesting thing about that show is that um, uh, before that, television sitcoms, like situational comedies, sitcoms, were about the family, like, you know, Leave It to Beaver, Father Knows Best, you know, Bewitched. All these early sitcoms were about family and Father Knows Best and Mother Knows and the children are naughty and, and you know, and even uh, Cosby Show, all of those shows were about the nuclear family. General, generally, no one was having an affair. You know, the kids were stealing something. Somebody forgot something. There was a naughty neighbor that, you know, had a beer or something. So for for years, in terms of like television history, the sit sitcoms were about the nuclear family, and you know that's you know, the 50s and the 60s. But when Friends came along, these are all single people. 
they are hanging out on a couch, kind of flirting with each other and talking about, oh, who likes who and what happened over there. So that it's not about a nuclear family. We don't exactly know who Chandler's mother is. We don't exactly know if Phoebe has a sister. Um, I'm just kind of summarizing it. So this was one of the first shows that, that uh, held up the mirror of the new single, the new single world. Hmm. No, I don't How remember who uh, Monica's mother was. Uh, yeah, because it's not about family. It's about it's about it's about jobs and flirting and like inappropriate stuff and people getting drunk and telling telling their secrets to each other and the life the life of France. It's like Sex in the City is not about no, family. No, it's, it's different. I mean, France are completely different. I think. No, but, but what I mean maybe is, it's subjective. Like, well, I mean, what I just find about Sex in the City is that it's not about family. It's about women just being wild and crazy in the city. So it's it is uh, a new new breed of of sitcom that Friends paves the way for. Could be. Yeah, it it's will. Friends has always been my favorite show. It, it's so fun and easy, and I feel good vibes coming off of it, like it was yesterday. And sometimes I, I get to see reruns and enjoy it. Well, what are some of the what are some of the episodes that you liked? Or just do you remember Bruce Willis? Uh, he was um, Rosa had a girlfriend or a crush on some student. He because he was a professor in the university, and then mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, he had relationship, I think, with a student, and that student's father was Bruce Willis. That was a laugh. I don't know. I still mm -hmm, remember mm -hmm. it and smile. Mm -hmm. Do well, you? there's another episode. What, what's your favorite episode? episode? Uh, actually, I didn't watch Friends. Pity. Maybe you should. No, I'm busy. No, no. what I'm saying is I don't know a lot of the episodes, but I remember there was one where people were getting ready to go home for Christmas. So instead of it being about the nuclear family, like Father Knows Best or The Cosby Show or Leave it to Beaver or anything like that, it was about all these friends had to go home for Christmas because Christmas, you can't just hang out with your friends and drink and be stupid. You have to go mm -hmm. deal with your family. So uh, two people were in the in an office or something. It might have been Ross and uh, uh, what's her name? Jennifer Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. yeah. And they were kind of awkwardly. Well, gosh, hope you have a nice Christmas. Oh, OK, well, uh, OK, well, uh, well, bye. And then they. Do you remember that episode? <laughs> no. <laughs> See, it's ridiculous to talk about this. Okay, so anyhow. Hey, the, listen, the, listen. Okay. No, no. Okay, well, so anyhow, the show is not about the sanctity of the nuclear family. And also, the, the show Seinfeld is about friends. Okay? Mm. So there's Kramer, okay. and then there's George, and then there's. Uh, uh, Bennett, Elizabeth, isn't her name Bennett, Dennis or something? And then there's Jerry Seinfeld. So there's one episode where uh, George's father is having a, he's, he's sick of family. He's, you know, he's like sick of everybody being annoying in New York. And, and he decides he's going to have friends giving instead of Thanksgiving, it's friends giving. So everybody shows up for this friends giving and it's just like a hilarious episode and it has so much truth in it because you know holidays are mandatory like you have to see your family you don't want to but you have to good 
The, the subject of friendship is very interesting itself. There are so many interesting quotes and uh, ideas, I don't know how to call it, books, whatever. Uh, I remember one that uh, is quite uh, funny, when uh, with, such friend, with such friends who needs any enemies. Uh, exactly. It's, um, how do you call that? When it's a um, metaphor, not the metaphor, I don't remember anyway. But uh, yeah, speaking of... Yeah, speaking of quotes, I, I always, when somebody says, give me any quote, I always think of Mark Twain. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, he, he had lots of interesting quotes. I don't know where he get them, but uh, I know the man was a genius. And, uh, he was very, very witty. Yeah, and, and uh, but, but there was another guy. What? Uh, let me see if I have it in front of me, maybe, because uh, in the century of smartphones and computers I I can look it up uh, let me see uh, if I can find it well, while you're looking uh, the idea was that okay. the, the, uh, maybe it wasn't Mark Twain well find it that this is another one that we mentioned in the word uh, stranger the episode strangers that a strange uh, a stranger is just a friend that you haven't met yet so when I went into that dive bar and I just walked in, a lot of the people were just strangers, but after we spent a little time talking and visiting and having a few drinks, you know, these are people I would like to see again. Like, I would like to go to brunch together. And and Austin was very interesting. He was talking about he likes the Saint, Saint Martin de Porres. And that is one favorite saint of mine. And so here we were, here we were like 1.30 in the morning talking about a really serious topic about saints and about synchronicity and it was just like so fascinating to me that you could just suddenly run into a stranger and he could become a friend. Like you said, a friend is uh, an, an enemy. Oh, no, no, that was the enemy. Well, a stranger <laughs> is a friend you don't yet know, right? Was that it? The stranger is a friend you don't yet, you haven't met yet, something like that. Hey, I found a quote. It was, but I was looking for Mark Twain instead. I came upon Oscar Wilde quote, but I like it. True friends stab you in the front. I mean, that's very deep. I don't know if you can understand that. Oh, of course yeah, you do. Yeah. The, the, but the true friends stab you in the front. Yeah, the, the, the uh, backstabber, that's a, that's a cool, hilarious song, backstabber. But a huh. backstabber is someone who's nice to your face, but, but says bad things behind your back. So the expression backstabber has come into our vocabulary. So when Oscar Wilde says, a true friend is someone who has the guts to like stab stab you in the front. So, but the, the presupposition is that the friend and enemy is uh, the same thing, maybe uh, only because who would stab you in the front, the enemy? But then, well, if it's for in example, the front, it for friend. example, uh, a real friend will tell it like it is. A real friend will not mince words. A real friend will face you and tell you what you need to hear. Whereas a false friend will like just monkey around and they say pussyfoot around like a little cat. Like, you know, I, I have a couple real friends and they'll say things like, get over it. Or like, I don't know, like all, all these buildings burned down around where I live and it, the, the fire stopped at my back window. And, you know, we're like 15 fire trucks and it went on for hours and hours and hours and hours. And I was like very traumatized and then I couldn't get out. And I, I just took some old photographs and some 
bunch of gold jewelry and I just walked across this bridge over to the lake and then you know my friend David came to meet me and and he goes you know we're going back in there I go, we're not going back in there I'm traumatized he goes we're going back in there you're stronger than you think you are so you know we had a couple of drinks we ate some pizza and like everything was smoldering I saw I saw a huge plume of smoke come up in the sky and I thought my car is blown up my car is blown up and like everything that I own all my stuff is gone it was very traumatic and uh David David is a true friend he said you're stronger than you think so a true friend will tell it to your face hey you you mentioned the car do you remember I sent you a video just before we started recording uh, the two Ooh. friends uh, riding the same car, uh, and uh, remember that from uh, Fight Club. Yeah. It's a very famous it's, movie. Yeah. I, I love. It. I mean, I've told you that I've watched it thousand times and didn't understand until I don't know two thousand and one time. Well, you know, uh, the the for the for some of the some of our viewers, uh, you know, probably have seen a lot of movies and some of them haven't. But Fight Club uh, features Brad Pitt, and uh, he. He has these group of fellows around him. That's called the Fight Club, and they they do these different adventures. And the clip that you sent me to look at just a few minutes ago, there's the one fellow in the passenger seat. Then there's Brad Pitt driving, and then there's two guys in the back. And it's rainy, and they're going down a freeway, and the character that plays Brad Pitt says. Tell me something that you want to do before you die. Tell me something you don't want to, you know, tell us, tell me something that you don't want to regret. What do you want to do if this was your last moment? And one of the guys says, I want to paint a self-portrait. And the other guy says, I want to build a house. And then he turns to the guy in the passenger seat and says, tell me what you want to do. He goes, I don't know. I don't know. Like, stop, stop screwing around. Like, we're going to get a, a collision. We're going to get a collision. He goes, tell me something. So what he's doing is trying to make a man out of the guy in the right and to get him to commit to something like we spend a lot of our time just wasting time. And the specific episode that you sent that's very, very famous is those guys in the car. And I don't exactly understand it either. What, what do you get out of that scene? Oh, I, as I told you, I have watched it a thousand times and uh, didn't understand much. But it cheered me up enormously. I think this is a masterpiece. I haven't read the book because I uh, I know there was a book before they filmed it. What I want to say is, I don't know if it's applicable to women. I was going to say no, but then I remembered my grandmother who had uh, her childhood friend throughout her life. And I know a few other examples. Uh, again, but with men, it's different. What happened again? to your grandmother? I, I, no, she I died a long time ago, but she had a friend throughout her life, childhood friend. I think they've oh, been together for life. 19 years. They kept in touch, yeah, throughout life. Uh, but with men, it's different, I think. With uh, this Fight Club movie, uh, when those guys in the car was part of military style, answering the question, what would you do before you die or, or build yes. a house? Or, what I want to say is that the b friendship builds mostly in case with men in the army style situations. I remember when I was a soldier, I've never, well, at the time I was thinking when I was gonna, when it was gonna be over, but then now I think that was maybe the happiest time of my life. And 
But I don't know how it works with women, honestly. It, there should be something different. Oh, well, you know, I, I just know that uh, time, well, you know, in our, in our Western culture, men are socialized not to express feelings and women are socialized to express feelings. So are there women that are hard and cold? Yes. Are there men that are emotional? Yes. But in Western society, the social norm is for men to, you know, suck it up, get over it, you know, not to be a baby, don't cry, don't express your emotions. So I think the way we're socialized, you know, when men are in combat, they're sleeping in the barracks together, they're running through the trenches together, they're watching people die together, they're eating together. So there, there's a sort of forced intimacy, emotional intimacy uh in, but, in combat but but you know what's interesting i've read this story a long time ago about two astronauts you call them astronauts who you used to call them cosmonauts who was um in one spaceship uh, it's a real case uh probably there are lots of studies on it too and maybe described somewhere for a year i guess or for a long period of time and once they landed they never ever been in touch with each other because somehow, like I'm with my friends, or I don't know, maybe it's just... Uh, you mean after they got out of their mission, they wanna, never continued? Yeah, with, with someone, people with whom you live through very complicated situations, when yeah, it's I over, know. you don't want to call it back, uh, and right. you subconsciously avoid the contacts, any contacts possible. With no, I know. Yeah. Also, no, I know. Yeah, you know, I know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, because, for example... Uh, I always thought that uh, I would move back to Austin, that when my oldest daughter came back to Texas, they would buy a house or some land, we'd, we'd be, we'd, we would, I would probably live with, you know, live with them or in, in another little house nearby, and, and we love Austin, like they have the best vodka, well, I mean, I know Russian vodka is famous, but like Deep Eddy vodka, there's like artesian wells there, there's swimming, there's hiking, there's books, there's intellectual life. To me, Austin is was like my Paris when I came back from Europe. You know, I loved Austin. So I always thought I'd live in Austin. But, um, you know, what happened is that I was in Houston. Now I'm in Dallas. And I've had to adjust to the fact that, like, I'm not in Austin. And um, when it came a chance to move out of Dallas, the the place I had an opportunity to move to was Houston. Like I did not want to go back to Houston. To, to me, I had some great students. I had some great classes. I have some friends still there, but to me it was like old trauma territory. And, mm -hmm. you know, someone said, well, why don't you want to go back there? You know, like I go, yeah, it's like going back into a nightmare that every single corner is going to remind you of. So I did not want exactly. to go back. Houston. I did not want to go back to Houston. And sometimes some former students that I taught 15 years ago, now they own bars and clubs and galleries and things like that. And they've said, if I ever want to do an art show or something like that, they'll host the show and provide the drinks and the hors d'oeuvres and just please come back to. But see, I'm not the same person I was. Just like you said, you were, you were in the military with some guys and mm. went through a lot of intense stuff. But like, you're kind of not that same person. Like you, you've moved on, right? You know, I, I, I read it somewhere that people, uh, the 
cells ourselves in the bio, which the bio is built of, uh, is renewed every seven years. So we are verbally, or how do I say that? We are not the same person once seven years past. Every seven year we are renewed totally. I don't know if it's true or not, but it makes no, me I think. Didn't, no, I did read that. I, and I was thinking, I was thinking that uh, uh, when you and I originally met, we kind of met through talking about art and music and travel. And I was thinking that uh, this fall, we, we will have known each other seven years. And I was thinking, oh, wow, that's kind of interesting because seven's sort of a magical number. But I also was flipping through some old books of, of, oh, you know, just different poems and different thematic topics that I write on and stuff like that. And I saw this quote just, just last night, or maybe it was earlier this morning, that every seven years, all the, all the, the, the cells uh, yeah, are replaced. That's that's yeah, what I, I meant. Mean. So, but we feel the same. So maybe there is a conscious inside of us that didn't didn't get, you know, didn't influence, didn't work. feel time, or I don't know, did, didn't get influenced by time, or didn't grow old. I don't know, didn't die, whatever. That's why we think. By the way, interesting thought. Well, your body temperature. I don't know how much it is in Fahrenheit because in Celsius that would would be thirty six point six, and. Even a degree is less and more, you feel like you're getting sick. Just a degree. And the whole oh, yeah. situation, yeah, but we feel like we will be, we're built like of, uh, I don't know, what is indestructible. Uh, because your soul, soul inside of you says you're eternal. But your body doesn't, I mean, your body, you feel like your body is eternal. That's where your mistake is because your soul is telling you. But you mis mis uh, misunderstand the message. You you think that your bar is eternal. But then again, uh, go. Uh, I don't know the. Uh, well, when we when we think about like Cartesian dualism, like there's body and then there's soul, but there's also mind. There's consciousness. But I'm saying many people have a mechanistic view of the body. Like we've got arms that are screwed on to a torso. We've got some feet screwed on to the bottom as if we're a robot. But I just know that I used to be able to go out dancing a couple nights a week and just like, oh, you know, drink and stand around and talk to people. I can't do that. I cannot do that anymore. And I can go out one night a week on the weekend. Or like, let's suppose you like to ride a bicycle or go skateboarding or longboarding or something like that. Exactly. You know, are, are your knees the same knees you had 10 years ago? <laughs> don't ask me that question. I don't feel comfortable. Okay, moving right along. <laughs> hey, I'm looking for Chinese proverbs about friends because Chinese wisdom, I think, is top notch. Uh, okay, right? I've got... I have in front of me the Tao of Relationship, a guide to friendship for the new age. I'm going to randomly open it up and see what it says. What? Oh, wow, it's about silence. <laughs> I found one, but I think it's funny. Maybe it's yeah, not read, even Chinese. Read it, read, it, read, it, read it to me. I have money, you have money, so we are friends. Shouldn't be Chinese, right? Sounds kind of stupid. No, no, I like it. There's a wisdom in it because really, because what some kind of people, wisdom? Because some people, like when they go to a bar, they don't really care about who they talk to. They got money. Someone else has got money. They're just sitting there at the bar. Like they're not really interested in getting engaged in conversation or anything meaningful. <laughs> That's what they, they call the bar flies. They just hang around like flies and yeah. Yep. 
hey, listen to this. It is much easier to visit friends than to live with them. I think True. that's uh, spot on, right? It's like idea read, of read paradise. That. I think, go on. Now read that again more slowly so it'll sink into my head. It is much easier to visit your friends than to live with them. Yeah, I mean, I'm, there's a there's a Turkish proverb. Uh, let me see, how is it in English? You can really get to know someone by traveling with them, by eating with them, and then there's one more thing. So the idea of just visiting a friend, you just go over there an hour and a half, you have tea, you talk, small talk, and you go home. But you travel with someone, you find out about who they are. You exactly. eat with it's someone, like, you find out who you are. Remember a few years ago, I guess, I uh, I told you about that funny quote, which ran like, uh, happiness is um, having large uh, family in another town. The idea <laughs> is that it's not with you. It's somewhere else. Right. It's, everything's good, but it's not with you. <laughs> that's yeah. when you're yeah. happy most. No, no, that's, yeah, it's true. I, I had been looking forward to, I had not been up to Portland, Oregon for, for two and a half, three years. And I was, oh, I just couldn't wait to get out of Dallas. And then when I was up there, I had a wonderful time. I, I got to do a lot of things and, and visit with family. It was really great. But, you know, east or west, home is best. I was glad to come back home. But, yeah. you know, I also, think. Wherever you go, there you are. That's right. That's right. Wherever you go, there you are. Gosh, we're just because if you're fun. neurotic in New York or, or somewhere else in London, if you go to Houston or Austin, you still be New York neurotic, right? Yeah, because you take it with you. Like, uh, right. The only wisdom you're going to get out of patroma therapy is the wisdom you already got. We're just going like, to uh, hope it come out. Diff. Yeah, I, I, I think that wraps up our episode, right? I think so, too. And I'm going to go ahead and ring the bell. Thank you.